Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Draft Daily. I'm really excited for today's episode with Kent Lee Platty. But before we get started on that, a word from our sponsor, Reality Sports Online. Have you ever wished you could be an NFL general manager? Well, now you can, thanks to Reality Sports Online, a powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. Reality Sports Online was created by former NFL front office personnel and features a revolutionary free agency auction room, which mimics NFL free agency, enabling fantasy owners to negotiate and sign the NFL's top talent to a single or multi-year contracts. The platform hosts up to 32 teams and has tons of other cool features in addition to free agency like a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality and much much more test your general manager skills for free at realitysportsonline.com in a mock draft free agent auction if you like what you see use promo code dd to receive a 10 percent discount on your team or league today fantasy just got real at reality sports online i'm really excited man we got kent lee platty back you can follow him on twitter at math bomb he did the offensive side of the ball for the combine he came back and now he's doing the defensive side kent how are we doing today fantastic man glad to be back yeah, absolutely, man. People love the the first part, and you know your your RAS system is fantastic. So we had to break down the defensive side of the ball. So let's jump right into it. Edge rushers probably are some the position that people care most about the combine. I, I always hear the three cone. Do you have a drill that you care most about when it comes to edge rushers? That's the three cone. Uh, it's it's an easy one to use because it, it it has that that immediately translatable skill of being to turn around a corner. Uh, they do that during the three cone. They run around. They run around cones. That's what the whole drill is. Uh, but it is one of those immediately transferable skills. The the hit rate for guys that are under seven in the three cone is very, very high. It's it's kind of insanely high when you look at, at any other individual metric. It's ridiculous. So it's it's one of those measurements that's very easy to track and, and, and point to success. It's why Derek Barnett was still drafted in the first round, despite having an otherwise not very impressive combine. Uh, anytime you have a pass rusher that runs a good cone time, that's somebody you want to pay attention to. That's somebody that, that scouts are going to pay attention to and teams are going to look at regardless of any of their other metrics. So was there a defensive end that stood out to you? Or I should say edge rusher. Yeah, there was a whole bunch of edge rushers, man. This is this is a very athletic class. I know people have talked about it as a, as a down class in terms of talent. Uh, and, and that's mostly the tape. You know, the, the guys they see on tape, there's a lot of flaws. But from an athletic standpoint, there's not a whole lot missing from this class. Uh, the big name was was Josh Sweat, Josh Sweat, Josh Sweat uh, from Florida State. He came into the combine just talking mad smack the entire time he was doing his interviews. It was great. He's talking about how he was going to run the four fives, how he's going to hit a forty inch vert, he's going to jump over a ten broad. You know, it's only arrogant if you don't actually hit any of those numbers. Uh, and he nailed almost all of them. He he missed his vert uh, prediction by a half an inch. So I guess we got to ding him for that. He only had a he only had a thirty nine and a half inch vert, uh, which is still like nine point eight out of ten here. So that's that's great. Uh, there's other concerns with him with medicals, and he actually did well enough in the medicals. They said he had a middle of the road grade. I'm not sure what middle of the road grade means. Uh, but it was passing, so that's a good one. Uh, I know he's going to be jumping up boards. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty amazing when we say that he only had a 39.5-inch vertical. <laughs> like, every other human being wouldn't <laughs> sign up for that right now. But um, I, 
I'm, I feel like uh, Harold Landry also had a really good three cone, right? He's someone that moved yeah. up a lot of people's boards. And then I, I can't not talk about this. Uh, Bradley Chubb was everyone's lock and loaded number one edge prospect. And I'm pretty sure he performed pretty poorly in the three cone, if I'm correct. Uh, he didn't do as well as everybody had predicted. And honestly, if you've watched his tape, that's that's really not where he wins. And I, I know I said it before with the, the running backs and with the wide receivers, but you have those types you know, the, the different types of, of, of rushers and different types of receivers. It's kind of the same with, with pass rushers, but the, the three cone is one of those drills you really want to look at, even if even if they're not that type of guy. Uh, he ran a 7.37 three cone, which is just about average, slightly below average. Uh, so that's not great. Um, it, it's, it's worth noting that he is 270 pounds. He's a bigger guy, uh, but you still want to have a good three cone. Uh, you mentioned Harold Landry. Harold Landry was, was, was expected to run a fantastic three cone when he came in, and he did. Uh, so that that's why you're going to see him jumping back up boards for people that forgot that he played in 2016 and was awesome. Uh, but Bradley Chubb is going to get a lot of flack for that three cone, even though he performed well above average in every other metric. Yeah, Chubb killed it until that three cone. And I think what your point is incredibly accurate. And it's one of the things I talked about on the Bradley Chubb podcast is that he doesn't win with elite Ben. That's not really how he wins. He kind of wins with hand usage and, and power and bull rush and setting up different moves. So it's not something that concerns me as much as it would for other prospects, but also probably shows you why he's so different than other previous edge rushers that have been the top picks in the class because he Ben is typically the thing that people get most excited for, and he, he lacks a little bit of that in his game. He does, and I was surprised when we were, were originally coming into the combine where there were people that were worried about him measuring well at all, like expecting that he wasn't going to put up that, that good of numbers. Uh, I think maybe that was overvaluing that particular trait. Uh, but there, there was never a moment watching Bradley Chubb where you're like, God, this guy's only just about average as an athlete. I think anytime you watch his tape, you're thinking, yeah, he's, he's got it. He's got, he's got those traits. Yeah, absolutely. And then if we slide on the uh, in- interior defensive line, Tavern Bryan is a guy who seems like he killed it. Uh, when you watch his drills, he looked incredibly fluid, and I know he put up some really good times. Can you tell me a little bit more about how he performed? Yeah, I actually had him listed as an end because that, that was just how he was originally listed in the database. And, and a defensive tackle who ends up in the elite range for a defensive end is not common. Uh, that's that's not something that I see usually when I put up my numbers. Uh, but Taven Bryan, he put up elite numbers, whether you're looking at him as an end or a tackle. Uh, obviously, he's not going to play defensive end more than a couple of snaps a game in the NFL. You know, that's that's just a package thing. He's going to play inside. Uh, but he ranked top 15 all time for my Raz. I had a 9.8 out of 10. So he's he's very, very athletic. Uh, and again, back to the three cone, you know, he had a 7.12 three cone, which for a defensive tackle is just insane. That's that's almost 99th percentile. So that's that's a number that you really want to see on the interior, a guy that can can do it all and move uh, really well in space and bend. You can do a lot of stunts with him. It just opens up so many different things you can do. You're not just expecting him to, you know, bull rush straight ahead and push push guys into the backfield, though he can do that, too. Yeah, absolutely. And whenever you get a interior rusher who can create pressure, those guys might even do more damage than Ed rushers. They're just so rare that they can consistently win on the inside. You see someone like Aaron Donald. And that's not my comparison for him before people go crazy. But just in terms of what an interior rusher can do for a defense, and it can really change the whole scope of a defense. And no quarterback likes pressure directly in his face. So if he's testing like that and he's got that year of film, I mean, that's a really good sign for him. I'm pretty sure he had an awesome quote during the uh, the combine, too, where they asked him how he did on the wonder look, and he's like, I failed it. I'm definitely off some team's boards. So he's, he's, he's a clown, too. He's kind of a funny dude. He's a little out there. Tim Settle is a guy that was people were very up and down on coming into the week. There are a lot of people that said that he had first-round hype. There are a lot of people that said he was uh, a poor athlete. How did he end up doing? Uh, not well at all. 
Um, I, I wasn't a big Tim Settle fan. When I'm, when I'm going through my initial watch, I'm, I'm paying attention to athletic traits. That's, that's what I try to identify when I'm watching guys on tape. That's obviously the, my specialty when it comes to this stuff. And you look for all the other stuff too. But when I'm, when I'm going through a fir my first walkthrough, that's the main thing I'm paying attention to because I got to know who to watch and who to, who to look for when it comes to stuff like the combine. Uh, Tim Settle was a guy that I had pegged as, as not measuring well. Uh, I don't think he's very explosive. He's definitely not a, a bendy type of interior rusher, which that's fine. Again, that's, that's mainly an edge trait. Um, it's, it's a bonus if you have it on the inside, but it's mainly an edge trait. But he's not very explosive to me. He's definitely not fast. He didn't look like he carried his weight very well. Uh, he ended up measuring out extremely poorly. Uh, he, he had a 0.58 out of 10 for Raz, which is, as you can imagine, not, not very high. I think it was the lowest, tied for the lowest, or the second lowest in the class. It sounds like he and Orlando Brown should work out together. Um, when we it would be a short workout. Yes, it would. It sounds like they should absolutely not work out together. I think the workout would turn into something else very quickly. When it comes to linebackers, this linebacker class is very athletic. Uh, Lorenzo Carter, Leighton Vander Esch, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, and Roquan Smith was one of the top guys. How would those guys do this week? All the guys you mentioned did very well. Uh, as you said, this is a very athletic linebacker class. Uh, it's kind of an unheralded one. You don't really hear too much about the linebacker class outside of uh, Rokon Smith and Tremaine Edmonds, maybe Rashawn Evans. Uh, but man, this, this class has some athleticism in it. Lorenzo Carter is currently sitting at 10.0 out of 10, man. He took the top spot uh, for my RAS metric. He, he, he took it over. So number one out of 1,479 linebackers in my database. So that could change. He still has to do his agility drills at his pro day. Uh, and I don't have the official uh, combine splits yet. So that could change, but it's it's impressive how much athleticism he has. At, at 250 pounds and nearly 6'5", you know, he ran a 4'5 flat with a 36-inch vert and a 10'10 broad. Uh, those numbers are all, I mean, the, the worst score there is a 36-inch vert, which is only 80, 80th or 8.12 out, out of 10. So, you know, his nine, 99th percentile broad is, is extremely good. Um, you want your, your linebackers to have that burst, um, especially if you have them playing off ball and they have to play in zone. Uh, you're going to hear that again with corners. Whenever you have guys playing zone, you want to have those good explosion metrics because that shows you how quickly a guy can break once, once he has to make a decision of where he's going. Uh, and Lorenzo Carter just knocked that right out of the park. And then Leighton Vander, uh, she was one of your top performers as well, right? Yeah, I, I was joking before the combine. Uh, I, I was they 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 immediately started comparing Leighton Vander Esch to Brian Urlacher, and I was like, oh boy, yeah, the one of the most athletic linebackers of all time. You know, completely redefined the linebacker position. Just got inducted into the Hall of Fame. No pressure, Leighton Vander Esch. Uh, I was referring to him as Leighton Vanderlocker for a little while. Uh, but he ended up measuring almost that high. His his score was a 9.88 out of 10, ranked top top 20 out of the linebackers all time. So he put up some really good numbers. He, those explosion metrics I mentioned, he did really well in. He had a sub-7-3 uh, cone. He ran a 6.88, so that's 90th percentile there. Uh, his shuttle was almost 90th percentile. So he had over 90th percentile in, in all four of, of his explosion and, and, and uh, agility metrics. So very, very good scores across the board. Uh, his bench was only average, and that was his worst score. And I don't think anybody cares about bench for linebackers. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So one guy, I mean, I, I think Edmonds and, and Smith, like you talked about, did well, and they kind of cemented their stock as guys that are probably going to go top 10, top 15 in this draft. One guy who I think is a pretty interesting case study is Josie Jewell because he's not necessarily the most athletic guy, but when you watch his film and you watch games of Iowa, he's a very intelligent player that ends up in the right place a lot, and unless he's trying to cover Saquon Barkley, but I'm not going to hold that one against him. 
And then you look at his scores, and some of them were terrible. And then you look at his three cone; it was terrific. So, can you tell me uh, about Josie Jules' day? Yeah, it's it's one of those guys that you're going to hear that oh, he didn't really measure that well, but teams are still going to really be high on him. And it really does come down to that three cone. The the three cone measures how well you move in space. It's a good measurement of explosiveness, agility, speed, all all of the metrics that you want to look at. It's all represented at least a little bit in that three cone. So that's that's why it's considered the most the most uh, the most important metric for a lot of positions because it covers so many different things. Uh, and he just crushed his 95th percentile for the, for the three cone. He had a 6.8 flat, really good three cone. Um, but his speed is poor. And I think that shows up on tape. I, I don't think that you're ever going to see him chasing guys down very much, but he is instinctive and he has that, he has that great movement skills in space. So teams are going to value that. And, and I think this is a guy that you're probably going to see drafted earlier than a lot of people are. Uh, the big metrics guys, you know, people like me, not me, but people like me are going to knock him down because of his other numbers and say that he's he's not going to go as high and he shouldn't be valued as high. Uh, but I don't think that people are going to pay too much attention to his overall numbers in this case, just because he has those those agility drills. He has that that exceptional trait that can help him stand apart. And when you take that in accordance with his his instincts on tape, that's something you can build off of. So let's let's jump into the defensive backs class, and we'll, we can talk about safeties and corners here. First thing is that when you when you were watching the forty times, the first thing you said was these guys are fast. It's a fast <laughs> corner class. It's a fast safety class. Is it, so? First question is: Is there a drill that is most important to you when evaluating a corner? And then is there anyone who stood out to you? As, as a real winner of the combine. Yeah, and it, it, you have to kind of split it up, right? Because there's there's more than one type of corner. There's several different types, just like the other skill positions. When you're breaking down on the defensive side of the ball, you have to look at that too. You, know, you have a different skill set that you need for a press man corner than you need if you're playing off the ball in zone. Uh, if you're playing off the ball in zone, you want somebody with, with better explosion metrics, your vert and your broad, and you prefer somebody with a really good 10-yard uh, split um, you're not as concerned about the 40 yard dash. You're, you're more concerned about that 10 yard split because your expectation is that your guy's not going to be running, you know, stride for stride with these guys every play. Generally, they're going to be playing in their zone and their point is that they can break whenever the ball is in the air. Uh, so you're paying attention to those explosion, explosion metrics and that, that 10 yard split. If you have a guy that plays a lot of man, you really do care about that 40. You, you want somebody that can run stride for stride with somebody and, and start at the snap right next to them and just run with them the entire way. Um, that's that's why you heard about T's Tabor last year when when his stock started to drop because people were concerned about his ability to play in that in, in any kind of a press man or, or straight man and be able to run stride for stride or, or run on crossers with guys. They were worried about whether he would translate to nickel because there's a lot of crosser routes when you're running from nickel. And if you can't run with a guy, then that's going to be a concern. It's just an easy completion let him run for yardage. Um, so those are things you want to pay attention to for those particular ones. You do care about your agility drills, and, and it kind of matters for both. I'm a little bit less concerned personally about the agility drills for regardless whether it's zone or man. I, I feel like as long as you're an explosive athlete and you're quick, um, those those metrics tend to, to match those other ones. Your 10-yard your split tends to be good if you have a, a good cone time. Not always, but it tends to be. So it's, it's a little bit less concerning with me as long as you check those other boxes. It is very good to have. Uh, anytime you have a guy that can move in space or have that start-stop ability, that's that's great. You want that. Um, but it's more about explosiveness for me at the cornerback position. Uh, one guy that really jumped out to me that I didn't expect to measure well at all was, was Dane Crookshank from Arizona. And I'm hoping I'm pronouncing his name right because it's fun to say. Uh, but Dane, Dane Crookshank is is a big mouth, man. When, when he was at, I believe it was the Shrine Practices, the guy was just talking smack every play. And he was a, a favorite of coaches. Um, everybody there was raving about him, all the scouts. 
Uh, and he wasn't expected to measure all that well. Uh, he actually, I, uh, a lot of people have talked about him as a safety. I believe he measured with the corners. I had him listed as a corner and he measured out as my top score. He, he measured out above Denzel Ward and Jair Alexander and all those guys, those, those big name guys. No, Dane Crookshank was the guy that came up with the best Raz out of this group. Um, so he he measured out extremely well. Uh, and I feel that along with the coachability that that people got from the Shrine practices uh, and, and just that general attitude that you like from your corners. I think he's a guy you're going to see rising up boards uh, maybe up into day two. I know he was considered a, an early day three prospect by most, but you're probably going to hear him up in that day two talk now. That's awesome because you just dropped the, the nugget that not only is he a good athlete, but he's got that confidence and he, he's a chirper and those that's something you love in corners because those guys need to be confident even when they get beat they need to feel like the next play they're going to win and a guy that was really high on a lot of people's boards this coming into the week was joshua jackson i think he had some ups and some downs can you tell me about kind of what your system thought of him yeah and from what i've been hearing a lot of a lot of people have focused on the down uh i i think that he showed enough from an athletic standpoint to to probably not really move the needle for me that much i had him rated fairly high uh and he measured overall pretty well i, I mentioned i value my explosion metrics for guys that are probably going to play in zone he's probably going to play in zone um so i i think he measured really well in those metrics and he looks pretty good uh, overall he had an elite score for raz he had an 8.56 out of 10 and that's very good uh, but he had a disappointing 40 he ran a 4.56 six, which is not very good. Um, I had heard that his 10 yard split wasn't very good either. We don't have official splits, so I can't really speak to that. Um, but I know that's been the big concern coming out of the combine for Joshua Jackson is concerns about his speed from, from me in a personal standpoint, a 4.56 is not very concerning. Uh, but for some teams that are going to, that are going to play a lot of man, that's going to be important to them. They're going to want somebody they, they feel can turn and run. And if they don't think that he can, that's going to knock him down their boards. So it, 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 even though he ended up with a really good score for the day and most of his metrics were, were done well, that, that slower 40 time is going to ding him a bit for some people. Yeah, there's one guy, too, that when I was watching the combine, uh, Tavares McFadden of Florida State, his four, when he was running his 40, he looked uncomfortable running. And then he ran the, the 4.67. I think his next run was 4.7 something. How did he end up scoring for you? He actually ended up coming in right about average because he has great size and the rest of his measurements were okay. He only did the vert and the broad. Uh, he had a great vert and his broad was it was okay. He had a 10 foot one broad. It's a little bit over average. Uh, but that four six seven man, it's like you said, his body language was terrible when he ran that forty. And when he when he finished that first one, he looked so defeated. I mean, he looked like he had he had just been punched in the gut. Uh, and I was worried that that was going to translate the rest of the day. Uh, I had heard that he didn't do as well in drills. I didn't really catch him that much in the drills, but I'd heard that that he was he wasn't doing as well there. Uh, this is a guy that came into the season as one of the consensus top guys, and he's dropped off as the season has gone along. Uh, I don't remember ever hearing concerns about his speed, but if, if there weren't before, there are now. And we've already seen what that, what, that, what that can do to a corner, and I don't, I don't think you're going to see him on day one, and he's probably fallen all the way out of day two now. Yeah, that's a, pretty, that's a steep drop, but it started week one where Calvin Ridley was putting him in a spin cycle, and it went all the way to the, the 40 where if you can't, if you're running four seven as a corner and you're not elite in other areas, you're going to be in some trouble. I, I think my favorite moment of the entire uh, combine was when uh, Troy Apke ran the forty time, and Deion Sanders is like, "Whoa, who is that? He's moving." And they're like, "What do you mean he's moving? Why are you surprised?" And he's like, "You know why I'm surprised." So talk talk to me about the the 
this amazing white athlete from Penn State. Yeah, so Troy Apke, man, he came out of nowhere. I, I, I had him on my board, but I haven't watched him, and I didn't really have any any notes about him, positive or negative. Uh, but he ran a 4.34. Uh, it's actually the fastest 40 that I have recorded for a safety, for a free safety anyway. So he ended up as a 9.92 out of 10. He currently ranks number five out of almost 500 safeties that I have that I have in my database for free safeties. Uh, so he's he did pretty good on the day. Uh, I, I think people are going to start going back to the tape. And I've, I've seen from my timeline immediately following the combine that people had already started. Uh, but you got to go back to tape, man. That's that's some elite traits that he put up. I mean, he had a 41 inch vert. That's elite. He had a, an almost 11, 11 foot broad, a 10, 11. Um, so that's elite. He had a 403 shuttle. That's elite. And then he had a 6.56 cone. That's elite. Every one of those numbers is elite for uh, your your explosion and your agility drills and your fast. That That's somebody that you got to go back to tape and be like, oh boy, what can I do with that? Right. So he's he's going to be shooting up some people's boards. I don't think he's going to jump up to day two. Uh, the, the conversations that I've had about his tape is that it's not it's not day two tape. But we've seen that happen before. We've seen guys that that don't really fall into that early day one or two tape that that get picked that high anyway, just because they have those elite athletic traits. And this is probably one of those guys where he's going to get drafted way higher than anybody expects him to. Yeah, and he's the third example of a Penn State guy between Barkley, uh, Jacecki, and Apke. That who I don't know what they're feeding those dudes at Penn State, <laughs> but it, it worked for this combine. And now uh, there there are two safeties I want to ask you about: Derwin James. His tape just screamed amazing, amazing athlete. And then you see what he did at the combine. Talk to me a little bit about what he did at the combine. Yeah, Derwin James measured out at the combine. He he ended up with the second highest. Uh, score that I've ever had for us for a strong safety says so is different than Apke. Apke's free, uh, but he has the second highest uh, RAS for any strong safety I've ever had. It's a nine point nine eight out of ten. It's it's fantastic. Every single one of his numbers, his height, his weight, his forty. Uh, the bench vert broad, all those are elite numbers. Every number that he put up was amazing. Uh, that elite athleticism that people saw on tape, that was on full display. I mean, he's he's big, he's fast, he's strong, he's explosive. Uh, he didn't finish his agility drills. Uh, I'm a nun- numbers nut, so I want everybody to finish everything. So I'm a little sad about that. Uh, but we'll we'll probably see that on his pro day. But I'm not sure that he's even going to bother with that. I mean, he's he's pretty much shown that he's as elite as you want him to be. Um, so I, I'm not even sure he's going to bother with doing any drills at his or any measurements anyway at his pro day. He might just stand on all of his numbers and go ahead with that. If I was him, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably just get back to training to train the do the football stuff as opposed to the combine stuff because there's not much more you can answer. I, and the other guy that kind of already came out and said that he's not going to do any more drills was Minka Fitzpatrick. He's huge on a lot of people's boards. He's like a top three player for a lot of people. How'd he do on the combine? You know, he was one of the guys that people started complaining about immediately because he had at least one bad score. Um, people like to nitpick whenever they have a top top prospect, and he had a 33 inch vert, which is just kind of a it's not good. It's not it's not a good vert to have. Um, but he had a great 40. He, had, he ran a 4.46. Uh, he had a good broad, not a great broad. So his explosion metrics weren't all that impressive. Uh, he ended up with an elite score because he also has that great size. Uh, but that was measuring out at corner. You know, he still had an elite score for a safety also, uh, just a little bit higher. But, you know, this is a guy that, that like you said, he's expected to be an elite athlete. So people are going to nitpick every little thing. Uh, he didn't he didn't measure out as explosive as people wanted him to. I, I kind of wish that we would have got to see that at his pro day. 
Um, I've been looking at some of the Alabama stuff and I, I, I don't think I've seen anybody that's measured in anything at Alabama. Everybody's been sitting on their numbers. So I, I, I'm not sure that he did. I doubt that he has. Have you heard that? Yeah, I thought I saw today that he was going to sit on his numbers. That's not surprising. Um, I think it's something that you're going to see nitpicked a little bit from people. But if you watch him on tape, it's not really a concern. Right. This is this is one of those trust the tape situations. I don't think that that individual metric is going to tell you anything that the rest of his athleticism doesn't already show you. I agree. And one of the things um, I talked with Evan Silva about when I had him on to talk Minka was what position is he going to play? Did his numbers give you any kind of any indication about whether or not he might be a better corner or strong safety? So I mentioned before that you want your your zone corners to be very explosive. Um, and I, I feel like that might give some teams some pause when they're trying to think about what their scheme is. Um, like I, I, I look at, at anybody that runs any zone scheme as, as paying attention more to those numbers. And they might look at that and be like, maybe we'll keep him back at safety. Uh, but I know a lot of teams are already considering him highly at safety. And if you put him at safety and have him play nickel uh, on the inside, that's, that's perfectly fine. I have no problem with that. I think that Minka Fitzpatrick has the traits to do both of those things. Um, he might fit better in a man scheme just from the way that he plays anyway uh, as a corner. So I, I would have no problem putting him on the boundary if that was the case or just putting him back at safety in any scheme. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I mean, my basic argument is that if you're going to draft him in the top five, start him out at the most valuable position, which is corner. I mean, that's that's the one that is most valuable to your defense. And if he can't, then you can transition him. And once he's not in the top five, then you start him off in the slot or as a strong safety because that as you drop down your draft board, the position value matters less. Just that's my personal thing. But when it comes to safeties who didn't have a good day, is there anyone who disappointed you? Yeah, it wasn't really that disappointing of a day for any of the the defensive backs in general. Um, most of them had a, had a pretty decent day. I had heard some people talking up Max Redfield. I hadn't heard much about Max Redfield being very good athletically to begin with. So it wasn't really surprising to me that he measured poorly. Uh, but one guy that I know had received some first round buzz early that that didn't really do that well was Quinn Blanding. Um, one of the concerns going into the combine was that he wasn't going to run very well. Uh, there was some buzz during the season about him being a blazer and, and being a burner at Virginia. I don't think I ever really saw that on tape. I didn't have as many speed concerns, but I had, I had heard that that was going to be a problem when he ran. Uh, he ended up running a 4.63, which is poor. You don't want safeties to run like that. Not free safeties anywhere where, where he was projected to play. Um, so his speed wasn't very good. His explosiveness wasn't good either. He, he had a decent broad, uh, but his vert was only 31.5, which is extremely poor. Uh, so if you have a guy that you're expecting to play back and play some zone, and he's not very explosive and he's not very fast, you know that's, that's going to give some pause to some teams. So I think if anybody had had a day that you consider poor, it was probably Quinn Blanding. Awesome, Ken. I just want to thank you for coming on, man. Um, I, I really think you are the best when it comes to combine stuff between your Raz and I know you have an app out now. Why don't you tell the people about um, everything you're working on and where they can find you? So the, the app is is the Raz Metrics. It's Relative Athletic Scores. You can find it at relativeathleticscores.com. Uh, you can ask me about it at MathBomb on Twitter. Uh, the application is currently available for Windows, and it works. There are still some bugs I'm working through because it is in beta. Uh, but if you have any issues, you can always get a hold of me, and I'll, I'll walk through anything with you. I'll try to fix any problems that anybody has. The application is free. There's no cost, and it's going to be updated every week between now and the draft. Um, it's already got all the combine information loaded, so you can get all that information already there. All the scores are there. Um, and again, anybody has any questions, I'm always available to hit up. Guys, I can't 
I cannot suggest highly enough that you follow him at MathBomb. And anytime you want to talk about combine numbers and what they mean, that's that's the guy I ask. So I highly recommend that you guys ask him. Guys, you're listening to the Draft Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Elliot Chris. You can follow me on Twitter at Elliot Chris. Please rate, review, share, subscribe to the podcast. Everyone helps, guys. We really appreciate it. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. As always, guys, thanks for listening. <laughs>